Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. Today's episode is brought to you by ProLineStadium.com. ProLine players score incredible access to great regular promotions. For the entire month of April, every $20 wager on hockey or basketball will earn you a $10 free play token to use on baseball. This offer is valid on all. All pro line and stadium bet wagers until April 30th. Free play tokens must be used by June 30th. Must be 19 years of age or older. We're going. Welcome. I love a little Tuesday morning podcast here uh, in the High Button Studios. It's been a busy couple of weeks with the streaming aspect of uh, of things. We actually had a couple new hires, had a couple contracts, had a couple. You know, we're, we're, we're going, we're flying, we're having fun, we're working hard, we're keeping our head down and we're grinding. We got like, what are they called, horse blinders? We got horse blinders on, we're going. Um, and it feels great going into the summer summer months, taking a little break every now and then, swinging the golf club, making a couple bogeys, a couple double bogeys. You know, I'm not going to lie to you, maybe a couple triple bogeys, but hey, I'm not going to let it ruin my day. Uh, today on the High Button Podcast, we have Tim Boyce. If you don't know who Tim Boyce is, wake up and Google him. He is the head coach of the Halifax McDonald's U18 AAA hockey team, who recently won the U18 AAA Hockey League here in Nova Scotia, uh, beating Cape Breton in Port Hood, actually, uh, in the best of five series. Tim is an accomplished coach in the UAAA League, winning multiple league championships and here at high button sports we've actually been fortunate enough to travel with the halifax mcdonald's to a, a telescope cup and to an atlantic championship i think at charlottetown it was two years ago um so yeah tim and i usually we usually actually play uh, hockey together monday wednesdays and friday afternoon over there at centennial good little pickup uh good little pickup game so we were always picking each other's brain from the media side and the coaching side with him so it's going to be a great episode all right i'm justin we're talking to tim boyce this is the high button podcast here we go you know what comes next Mr. Tim Boyce, we're going. Congratulations on the past. Uh, I, w- I want to say, I want to say congratulations on the past couple of years. It feels like you're on a streak here, but most importantly, congrats on the past week on uh, on winning the championship, my friend. Thanks, appreciate it. It was uh, it was fun to finally have a completion to a season. So. Oh yeah, I never thought of that aspect. Yeah. How many years has it been since like a, a finals was? We had two years shut down. Two years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we haven't had a. Actually, we haven't had a league champion crown since we went to thunder bay back in that's when we were there yeah yeah i didn't even i didn't i didn't know that yeah this one must be a little bit sweeter then it is you know what uh just the teams that we've had the last couple years it was it was frustrating it was really frustrating watching the the seasons get canceled because we had uh, we had some exceptional teams and exceptional kids so yeah it was tough so this one's a little more oh no it's fine i can i can hear it fine yeah it's good okay yeah, this one's a little more gratifying for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, what's the secret? You you you're winning a lot of hockey games. Good people. Good people. Yeah. Good people. 
and you know what, we've been blessed with some exceptional hockey talent the last few years for sure. Yeah. So, but you know what, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy winning. If it was, everybody would do it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, the development side of these kids, you know, taking a couple, not a couple years off, but just not consistent hockey. You're in the trenches. You're on the ice every day. You see these kids development from the season starts, I guess, in September till last week. Have you seen any lack in development or have you seen a steady growth on the players that you've had for the past couple of years? Yeah. You know what? Like just this year, I think, um, I think we've gotten better as a team, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like there was certainly a point, uh, midway point of this year when we got shut down again, where, like it was tough coming to the rink, and you could see it in some of the some of the players. Uh, like it was just a drag coming to practice for you know months on end without games being played. So, um, so I you know I I think you know development probably was hurt a little bit for for some of these players for yeah. sure. But uh, you try and do the best with what uh, what rules are put in front of you. So yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to talking about the, the, the finals that you just went through playing against Cape Breton. Um, great series back and forth. You actually ended up going up to Cape Breton, played uh, two games, I believe you played up there, correct? Yeah. How yeah. much fun, like, uh, I guess I only played three, maybe four games. I was talking to dudes about this the other day, the, the hostile environment playing in that rink. Al McGinnis, is this little, the Al McGinnis rink? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It's the Al McGinnis rink. Uh, you know what? Those, the players that play up there, they're, they're lucky. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if they realize it, but they have the best fans in the league. Like they, they have a fan base, uh, <laughs> and, and playing up there, the atmosphere is just incredible. Like, uh, we had to, I told a couple people this, but like the coaches now, like you had to walk across the ice because there was no way to get to the bench, but they fixed it. So now you can walk around and get to your bench without going onto the ice, but you have to pass through all the fans. And there wasn't there wasn't a period where we walked to the bench where somebody wasn't chirping us going going onto the uh, onto the visitors bench. So, but you know what, it was awesome. Like you know what, I think kids relish playing in that kind of environment. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I was so. looking at some of the photos that Logan McIsaac took. Shout out to Logan. And there were some photos where there's guys grabbing onto the glass like yelling over the glass like, oh, yeah, yeah. like like it was back in the 80s or 90s it was unbelievable to see and I, I remember some memories from back in the day of playing there just hostile environment some people compared it to uh going into play uh in boston if you're the lakers if you're going in you just play in a hostile environment in the td garden just like hostile environment from the moment you get off the bus yeah and i was looking at those photos and i was like tim must be going through something just looking at uh, at those photos and playing in front of the fans so it's sick that you got to win it there too yeah it was it was it was fun for sure and there's yeah just with that rink there's nowhere to hide like on the ice off the ice like the fans are right on top of you and uh yeah you have to be at your best and you have to compete to win games up there there's just no way getting around it like you're not walking into that rink and and skilling your way to victory because it's just a small small rink so yeah it was fun you don't have to answer this next question but i do remember two years ago when we came to uh, the atlantic challenge cup with you in charlottetown you said uh, your message was boys like there's there's no pressure on us but pressure is a funny thing we, we go here we have fun and you ended up winning what was the pressure this year or especially in the finals when you played against cape Breton? yeah you know what i, I said uh, yesterday like it was a it was a relief really winning uh because i think you know, we were, we were the favorites, you know, obviously the season that we had in the regular season and that, and, you know, you try not to put that pressure on your players. You want them to come to the rink and relax. But, you know, me personally, like I, you know, I feel that pressure and, 
certainly uh it was a yeah it was a different different type of pressure this year being the favorites favorites to win uh and having to go in a, against a team that was well prepared like like Cape Breton West was yeah I feel like you don't like to be the favorite I feel like you like to be the underdog uh I mean I either way it doesn't really matter to me you know I pressure's pressure like you're whether you're the favorite or the underdog at the end of the day it's you know you want to win and you put that pressure on yourself to be prepared and have success so uh you know I think for me whether we're the favorite or the underdog I'll just I'll use that and try and spin it in a positive manner for for our team how do you manage the, I don't want to say egos, but, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-olds that, you know, you guys are the best team in the league, it seemed like, throughout the year. And like I, like you just said, expectations are high. How do you manage those those kids' expectations throughout the year and try to stay even keel? Because, I don't know, I feel the younger you are, the tougher it is to be like, boys, relax, calm down, let's just keep working hard. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it starts before the season even starts with player selection. Uh, you know, we let kids, there's some kids that we, very good hockey players that we let walk away from our program because we just didn't feel like they would fit into the culture. We want players that are buying into the team because we do roll our lines here. You know, we don't cater to three or four players. Uh, it's a very team environment. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's how we've had success over the last few years is just making sure that everybody feels important and everybody has the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it starts before the season even, uh, you know, begins and, you know, we lay the groundwork in our parents' meeting and in our players' meetings and things like that, just letting everybody know that, you know, we are going to roll the lines and mm. that's how everybody gets better. You don't get better sitting on the bench and this is a development league and, and uh, you know, we try to take that very seriously and, you know, I think it, you know, we might exchange some years, we might exchange some losses at the start of the year, but it's going to benefit benefit us in the long run at the end of the year. Um. Well, to add to that question, you know, you and I are in the rinks every now and then. I'm streaming, you're scouting, and every time I see you scouting, you're you're off almost by yourself, and you have a very – I don't even want to talk to you because you, you have a look in your eye that's – don't distract me. I'm looking, I'm watching the game. It's very cool to see, but at the same time, I notice to kind of leave you alone. What, what are you thinking? What are you watching for when you're going your your, your scouting trips? Yeah, I don't I, – when I go to the rinks, like, it's, it's hard. You don't want to, you know, be talking to parents. You can't focus on the game if you're talking to yeah. parents in the stands yeah. and other people. Uh, you know what? I just – I mean, I'm, I'm watching, uh, you know, first things probably just compete level. You know, are they – are kids first to pucks? And, you know, are they willing to lay their body on the line to make a play? And uh, character. So I'm watching them when they go back to the bench. You know, how are they interacting on the bench? Uh, you know, are they calm after a bad shift? Things like that. There's multiple things you're watching, really. But those, for me, those would probably be two, two keys. Because, like I said, we want we want good people uh, in our program, and we want hard workers. The skill and things like that that can come. Yeah. Uh, but you, you got to have that uh, that base to work with and in character and hard work so you're making sure the person has a fundamental aspect of a, of a of a sound hockey player and then if they make the team then you just kind of shape it is this so i'm assuming what yeah the i mean recipe is for some yeah i mean i'm not gonna sit here and kid you like we've had some kids come in that have been exceptional hockey players before they even hit our doorstep and uh but yeah i mean for some there's certainly kids that there's room to grow yeah. uh for sure wicked um when i first Played for the Max. Uh, I think I was uh, 18 years old. I was a late bloomer, and I remember making the team. And oddly enough, the first thing that ever came to my mind was, "Wow, I get to sit in that dressing room." You've been with the team how many years now? I think it'll be my 10th next year. Does that room still have special meaning to you? 10 years in, being the coach. I vacuum the floor. Yeah, every day. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say. I that. vacuum the floor every day. It's, it's important. Like to me, uh, you know, it's a second home. 
Yeah. And uh, we want people to treat it with respect. And, you know, again, I think it kind of sets the standard for our players. Like if I'm willing to walk in there and vacuum the floor every day, then you should be willing to pick up a piece of tape and put it in the garbage or, you know, not put tape on the bench that ruins the the paint job that's on the, on the benches, uh, which Timmy Walsh used to go crazy about all the time. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's special meaning. And you know what? I, when I played, I was the first, uh, I, we were the first team, I think that, uh, that played in there in 96 or something like 96. that. Ninety six. Yeah. And you know what? It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's got its bumps and bruises, but it's still in incredible shape. So, uh, the teams that have gone through there have certainly taken care of it. Yeah. How many uh, how many years were you there for when you played? I played two two years. I think back then uh, it was called midget AAA, but it was just two years, and you could play a third year if you were an underager. So yeah, yeah, I played two years there. Where was your stall? I was uh, I was in the D corner, which is still the D corner. It's uh, when you walk, when you in, walk right in straight ahead. Uh, oh, straight uh, ahead. Yeah, straight where Kinger was. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Right by it, right by yeah. the door in the back by the stairs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Would, would, depending on which team you have, I'm assuming each team you have has a different style. Is there times where you wish you could be playing at the form or the civic? You know, okay, team's a little bit more speedy. We could take DY. Let's play at the form or a little bit more gritty. Let's play at the civic. Is there any uh, thought process like that for you? Or it's you know like what? You I play wherever. I used to be like five years ago. I used to be really concerned about that, but yeah. I'm not really anymore. I mean, the dimensions aren't that big a difference. Um, to be honest with you, I think, you know, the forum, a little bigger, it's, uh, it's got its history and character and things like that. But, uh, you know, you put three or 400 fans in the civic and it's, yeah. it can be a rowdy place to play. So they both have their pros and cons. Have you seen or heard the rumors of the renovations going on there at the forum? Yeah, there was actually, uh, I watched a video on Saltwire today or something the other day, there were a reporter talking about the renovations and I think they were saying like, I think it's going to be 2027 oh. where, where it'll finally be done. But, uh, yeah, I guess they're – I think they're still talking about it. Uh, but it sounds like two NHL-size ice pads, walking track, all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, community areas and maybe wow. – yeah. It, it looks it looks impressive. Hopefully they, hopefully they go through with it. Yeah, because there was rumors that they were going to demolish the thing. And that thing – like yeah. demolish my heart just hearing it. Yeah, I don't think you know? they're going to do that. I think they they can't because it's a heritage building. Wicked. So there's something something tied into that where they can't actually demolish it. So and you know what? I would hate to see it down too. It's just it's a piece of Halifax history and uh, I don't know. I like the older rinks. They they offer a little bit more character than the cookie cutter ones that they're putting up now. So hundred percent the smell. Like I walk into Centennial every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That smell makes me feel like I'm a twelve year old. Twelve year old. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just the, it's the smell of the old buildings that yeah. gets you. Yeah, totally. But no, it's, all, it's uh, going back to the first part about the, the dressing room, making that team and, and knowing that you're going to be getting to, to have a home base in the middle of uh, Windsor Street on that, uh, you know, in a famous rink. It's always a cool ki- cool feeling as a young kid playing and leaving your gear there. I'll, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Even yeah. when I come and mic up some of your players, just being able to walk into the rink or walk into the dressing room without, not hesitation, but just I'm welcomed here. I still, you know, never take that for granted. It's a, it's a cool it's a cool mecca of Halifax hockey to be able to walk in there. Yeah, it's sure. nice. We get uh, it's just a nice touch of history. Like we've got all the old team photos up in the in the room now, and a lot oh, of the you? different awards and stuff are in the back wall and the change area. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a special place to me, and you know I think it's a special place for the for the players that play there too. Do you think it helps with the the scouting and the the recruiting aspect of your team when you see guys like Justin Barron go on to play in the NHL, and you see all these guys that have successful hockey careers after they play for you? Do you think that helps with with everything? 
Yeah, uh, no question. I mean, these are the elite of the elite uh, players that have come through the province. You know, they're playing at higher levels, and you know, we're proud to say that they they played in our program. So, you know, they're they're players that uh, any young hockey player can aspire to be and look up to and uh, yeah I think it certainly helps when uh, when you can roll out some names like Justin Barron and and Shane Bowers and some of these guys that have come through the program in the last few years Mm -hmm, for sure and to be able to play right here in the city where a lot of these guys are from too definitely helps when they're I don't know friends family in attendance it's just nice to be able to see yeah I mean we've been saying that for years Uh, you don't have to leave uh, home at a young age to get high quality hockey this league is incredible i mean just look at uh look at the playoffs this year we played the eighth seed the seventh seed and the sixth seed in rounds one two and three so uh there are quality hockey teams in this league and quality development and uh you know kids don't have to leave to to get that quality development is that kind of a thing right now like i remember when we were younger leaving for midget was never a thing it's like no i'm playing high school or i'm playing major midget it was never a i'm gonna go down to boston is that starting to creep into today's society for some, yeah. I mean, uh, I have my own theories on, on yeah. that stuff. But, uh, you know, for some, the majority of the kids are still staying here, which is good to see. And, you know, you get the the few that uh, do go down there. I mean, again, you could do a whole show on this. Uh, okay. The amount of kids I've seen that have gone down there in search of Division One scholarships that come home empty-handed and have just spent a pile of money. Uh, I mean, if you're going down there for education, I completely understand. I'm not going to I'm not gonna argue with you. Mm-hmm. But if you're going down there, for a hockey experience we're every bit as good if not if not better here in Nova Scotia developing players and again uh, if you're not a if you're not a top three round pick in the Quebec League you're probably not going to be offered a scholarship to a division one school down there it just doesn't happen you know you, you get the outliers like the Brennan Saunier's and kids that continue to work at it and get them at 19 and 20 playing junior hockey but uh, yeah it's it's I think it's a myth that uh, a lot of parents say, "Oh, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not good enough to play in the Quebec League. I'll just go Division One and we'll go to the states." Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. It, that's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always remember my development in Nova Scotia was exactly where I needed to be at the certain time. And I love my parents for this, for never arguing and never putting up a stink with not making a triple A team. Maybe I did in my, my head being, ah, I didn't make this team. I didn't crack this roster. But looking back at it now as a 30 year old man throughout my whole Nova Scotia hockey career, I was on the right team at the right time. Oddly enough, you know, the, I didn't make the max my, my sec first year, second year. I didn't deserve to be, I wasn't physical enough. Came in my third year. I was physical enough to make the team and I had more confidence and I played really well on that team. Moved on to junior A. I had the right coaching and Troy Ryan got a couple stint games with the Mooseheads and and I'm happy for that I think about it now like I said as a 30 year old man I look at my development and I go no I was in the right place at the right time for every step of the way and um, looking back on it now I don't think leaving home ever would have been the right decision maybe it would have been but you know I'll, I'll never be able to tell but looking back on it Playing hockey in Nova Scotia is a special thing, especially nowadays, knowing with the guys who are in the NHL that represent this province very well. It's a cool thing. You know it. I know it. It's an unbelievable thing to know that, you know, there's guys that are born here that are representing hockey at the NHL level. It's a... I take pride in it, you know, even with this business. Hockey is a big part of this business. I take pride in the fact that those guys are out there working their ass off, and we come here and work our ass off. And it all translates to playing hockey in Nova Scotia. It's a cool place to play. Totally. It really is. You know, for the size of our province, the amount of players that we've put into higher levels uh, is impressive. Mm. Yeah, really impressive. Liam O'Brien's another one of those guys. Just grinded his way through, and he's there now. Just signed a two-year contract again. 
Yeah. Just there's, there's a way there's a way to make it. Really cool. Yeah. You just got to keep sticking with it. Oh, at anything in life, not hockey. That's right. Just anything. That's right. When did you learn that lesson? Oh man, uh, I've been sticking with it forever. I know, but you got <laughs> at one point there must have been like, hey Tim, we got a job for you over here. It pays this much. It's not involving hockey. At what point did you learn that lesson? It's like I'm going to stick with this. I like this. What point? Yeah, you know, you know what? I think there's something to be said about just chasing your passion, okay. and then you're doing it okay. yourself, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you know. Uh, I didn't feel like I worked a day this year because I just love what I do, uh, with the Hawks and you know what, uh, you know, I'm super passionate about hockey and kids. And so, uh, I'm, I'm blessed and grateful, uh, for that opportunity. So, you know, you know, if you have a passion, chase it. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, by the way, on that, that job. I, I completely forgot about that. Well, so what is yeah. the, the role with Halifax Hawks? Uh, official titles, technical director. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And you grew up in the Halifax Hawks organization as well. Oh man. The Halifax Hawks raised me. Like yeah. I, I grew up across the street, uh, Centennial Arena or at Dawn Street apartment building. Uh, like the Hawks put me through hawk, minor hockey. They paid for my registration. They put me in fit me in gear and everything I, we were a single parent family my mom didn't have the money to oh, yeah. to to take me we didn't even have a car so you, you just know, walked to the rink i walked to the rink and i had some really great families growing up the clarks and the mcfees and the youngs and the camerons would drive me to all the road games they'd pick me up at my apartment and take me to all the road games road trips everything so for me like i'm a you know i'm a i'm a product of the of the halifax hawks like they kept me on the straight and narrow as a young kid and uh kept me kept me out of trouble and yeah it's it's kind of funny how life comes full circle so i would have loved to have been a fly on the wall during that interview with that organization yeah did you, did you even pull out a resume or did you just tell uh, the stories no like, no i had to apply listen the process was thorough yeah? presentations and resumes and interviews and you know it was it was it was thorough yeah interesting yeah, yeah i guess there's a lot of people gunning for that job you know uh, you know what uh it's funny i ran into Brad Crosley uh, a couple weeks ago at uh, at the Civic, the Wolverines were playing, and he said uh, anybody who has an opportunity to work full time in hockey uh, should consider themselves lucky, and and I, I certainly do. So, hmm. yeah. What's one aspect of the job that maybe you thought was a little unexpected? You're like, oh, okay, this is my responsibility now. What's one aspect that like maybe didn't come as natural as you thought? Uh, you know what, uh, for me, like this has just been the whole year has been a learning experience, okay. trying to just understand the ins and outs of, of minor hockey and, uh, just really get a grasp on where I can help the most. Mm. So I think for me, this was a really good experience and I'll, I'll be better prepared for next year. And I've already got lots of, lots of things that I want to implement for next year and, and some, some tweaks and things like that, that we can do to the, the on ice product to just help the experience for the kids and the coaches. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a tough year to be chucked in for the first year. That too. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Starts and stops. And there was like, there was points I, you know, we weren't supposed to mix groups. So I couldn't go on the ice with, uh, with groups. And so it was, it was, yeah, it was a trying year, but, uh, you know, I still went to the rink and watched practices and, yeah. and things like that. So. <clears throat> You and I, uh, like I said, we play pickup hockey at noon every now and then, and that's just on the ice. But what's the state of Centennial Arena? Is it, you know, it's an older rink, but is yeah. there, it, 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 behind the scenes, is there any, uh, like, I don't want there to be any updates, anything like that. I think it's a great rink. I think it's yeah. perfect for what it is, but it, behind the scenes, is there anything, any whispers going on with that rink, or it's there to stay? I haven't heard anything. Okay, I, as good. far as I know, it's there to stay. I mean, Stuart, uh, you know, those guys take a fa do a fantastic job in keeping that rink uh clean and up to date and you know it's uh, to me it's a it's a great minor hockey rink it's it's the home of the hawks 100 percent. yeah 100 i always thought it would be great to have uh is christmas with the hawks still there 
it wasn't this year. Uh, hopefully, next. it'll take, make a return next year. Yeah. If it comes back, we want to get involved with that somehow. Yeah. We just that rink. Is there good internet in that rink? Yeah. Is yeah. there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just like Christmas with the Hawks growing up in that rink, I'll never forget. Just some of the – I remember that tournament, maybe Sedma a bit too, was the first time you heard of – I guess maybe you got to pay attention to other kids. Like I remember hearing of Brandon Duffy for the first time at Christmas with the Hawks, like Chris Dart, like those yeah. guys growing up because you got to stick around and watch games after because usually yeah. when you're playing regular season, you just go. You don't watch the next game. But I remember that was the first time I got to sit and watch, oh, this guy, he's going to be playing like Bantam AAA next year. This guy's going to be doing this next year. And I always remember that uh, that tournament was big for me, for oh, just looking at other people. Love that tournament. I, I remember when I was growing up, it started on Boxing Day. So I couldn't oh, wait. Oh, did it? Yeah, I couldn't wait for Boxing Day. <laughs> just run across the street. And like I could literally spend the entire day there because there was game after game after game. And yeah. back then, uh, Jack would let you play like tape ball hockey down in the corner. It would be a couple nets off the side of the rink. So I'd be down in the corner of the rink playing tape ball hockey with uh, with my buddies down in the corner and you got a belly games. full of chili too from the hospitality yeah, room just, just hanging out at the rink all day so it yeah was, yeah it was it was cool man i believe that's the i feel like a lot of people in the hockey community are irking for those moments to come back because of covid kind of yeah. taking a back seat it's like no, tournaments need to come back full strength and hopefully hopefully that'll happen because yeah. people are people are itching Big time. You know what I mean? Like, Big how much time. fun did you just have up in Cape Breton? You know, just oh, listen, I, I just... went to Sedma, watched a bunch of Sedma games, and uh, just the buzz that was in the uh, the four pad in Dartmouth, it was it was incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, Atlantic Championship. Yes. Newfoundland. I feel like we've had this conversation eight times. About Welcome to Paradise. Yes, right? Paradise, Newfoundland. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when does this take place? We're flying out uh, Wednesday night and tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So we're flying out tomorrow and uh two games on Thursday. We play uh play the Newfoundland champion on Thursday afternoon and then we play we got the opening ceremonies game against the host uh, that night. Oh my god, man. What time's your flight tomorrow? Six PM. Okay, you got a little breathing room. A little yeah. breathing room. What's the flight to Newfoundland? Never been. I've never been either. I think it's like an hour and a half. You've never been to Newfoundland? Not once. I, I literally I said to the uh, the boys when we won like I've been waiting over twenty years I've been coaching and never gone to Newfoundland for a hockey trip or just a trip in general so oh yeah yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for this so. well, definitely there's going to be another element of excitement especially yeah. not seeing the seeing the place yeah I'm just looking hey, listen you hear the stories about the Newfoundland hospitality and uh, <laughs> I'm just looking forward to getting over there and experiencing it firsthand so that's awesome yeah well it's an exp it's uh, excuse me at least in the rink will be a uh, an environment that you're not that uncomfortable with. You've been to the Atlantic Championships before. You're going to see some familiar faces, I'm sure, some familiar f players, maybe, maybe not so much. But going into the tournament, what's uh, what the what's the game plan? Yeah, I mean, uh, the only team we've played uh, that's at the tournament is Moncton. Obviously, we played them in the semifinals of the Monctonian, lost three two. But every team over there has the ability to win. You're playing the top teams of every province, so. Just uh, got to be on your game, and, you know, I think that first day is going to be really important for us. Uh, you know, we want to come out of the gates and, and play hard and secure a couple victories. So mm. that'll if we can do that, it'll set us up pretty good for the rest of the, the weekend. Do you think the first game sets the tone, not only for the tournament, just the buzz around the rink? I remember when we came to Charlottetown with you, it was like, oh, this, you know, the Macs are good, but we were talking about other teams. Who was the other team you guys beat Kensington. in the final? Kensington. Like, I remember the whole talk was about Kensington was, oh these guys and they're good these guys are good like there's just buzz around the stadium do yeah. you think the first game kind of sets a buzz and that kind of can carry some momentum how do you feel about that yeah I mean to me like I think momentum is shift to shift when it comes to hockey it's not uh it's not a game to game thing for me okay so 
Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no question. I think we'll probably be considered one of the favorites over there. You know, if, if you had to pick one, I would say it's probably Moncton. Uh, you know, they had an exceptional year. They've got uh, some some really high-end forwards and their defense is pretty good and so is their goaltending so uh you know i think if you're picking a favorite it'd probably be them mm. we'll just we'll take it day by day and see how things go do you know the coaching uh, the coaching staff on a lot of the teams on the teams you'll be playing yeah i'm familiar with charlottetown and moncton uh i don't really know the the newfoundland coaches uh at all to be honest with you but Never uh, been. i mean we've i mostly because we haven't played them i mean we've played charlottetown in the past and we've played moncton in the past as well so yeah um, I guess can't, you can't really use the pressure line when you go up there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pressure. We'll, we'll, we'll have something. <laughs> you got a couple things brewing right now? A couple? <laughs> a couple. Can you even scout? I guess you can watch footage of the other teams. Yeah, somehow. I mean, now with Instat and some of yeah, these other, yeah. the other technology out there, you know, it's not hard to find uh, video on teams. But, you know, we'll we'll watch the games up there when we're not playing. And, yeah. Yeah. I remember before you went to the TELUS Cup in Thunder Bay, you guys had a team meeting in the room and you went over video. And I and somehow, for some reason, I was there. Uh, are you guys going to have a meeting at all before you you go to Newfoundland, or will it be in Newfoundland if you guys have a little team team meal or something? Yeah, we've got meetings in our itinerary for, before every game mm. just to kind of get get prepared for, for the team that we're playing that day. So yeah. we'll have do, some meetings over there. Do you feel it's important this time of the year to get the maybe some of the, the guys are so consumed with hockey? Do you think it's kind of important to maybe get your mind off hockey, go to paintball, go go-karting, anything like that? I, I remember September, this time of year, whenever I played and you saw the sun come out and you're playing hockey, it was always tough to get sometimes in that mindset. Yep. Do, you, do you find that with the guys right now? It's, it's tough, important to get your mind off hockey a bit? They're at the rink so much. Yeah. Uh, practices and games and film and stuff like that, no question. Like we've we've actually started, uh, we've been shortening our practices up the last two or three weeks. We've been only been going an hour most times because we just feel like that's all we need. The rest is more important and yeah, to your point, just getting away from the rink for a little bit is, is important for them as well. It must be fun as a coach, especially at this point of the year, knowing your players so well, how they play, how they react to adversity. It's almost like, I don't want to say you're not coaching, but at this point of the year, you don't really need to coach. It's more like you need to manage expectate or manage the game rather than coach the player. Because the player, you know you know the players. You know, yeah. it's it's not... Yeah, practices right now are more just maintenance and yeah. getting on the ice and touching the puck. And, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel at this time of the year. You know, we've... <laughs> basically told the guys at the start of playoffs like expect every practice we're it's going to be drills that we've done all year we're not changing the way we play you know there might be some tweaks here and there but you know it's you know just again just maintenance and and staying fresh and uh the timing and things like that yeah, yeah. at what point of the year do you go into that mode rather than okay i need to still learn a little bit more about this player is it throughout the whole year you're I guess learning players, or is it at a point maybe Christmas after the break? Really, like, okay, I know this guy. I know what makes him tick. How long does it take to get to know that player? I think you're always learning. I mean, you know, players go through highs and lows and slumps and things like that. So you always have to kind of keep your finger on the pulse of who's playing well and who's not, and who's, you know, reacting to certain situations yeah. in a positive manner. Because you, again, you have to make tweaks. You know, you can't just stay the same. If you stay the same, you're probably going home. Uh, so there's always little adjustments you have to make, but uh, you never want to make anything major this time of year. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the ice surface that you're playing in in Newfoundland? Is it big, Olympic size, small? I just looked it up and it said two NHL size ice surfaces, so I assume similar to the forum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So NHL size? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's a duplex up there? Yeah, two rinks, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. That's I good. Think it's, uh, I think the facility's fairly new, from what I understand. But in paradise. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Fresh ice to play on. It's also I remember when we watched you guys up in Charlottetown for Atlantics. The ice was choppy by the end of it. There's one ice surface, so to maybe split them up in two could be helpful. Yeah, I don't know if they're playing on both, but uh, it's a it is a two ice surface complex. But I, yeah, I think they, all the games might be on the same surface. To be honest with you. Oh no, sure. really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember in Charlottetown that worked to your advantage. It was an advantage. It was such a chippy finals against Kensington. You guys got the puck in deep, and you just brought it to the net. Yeah. Like, there was a couple of nice shots for sure, but every goal we were right behind the glass. You must remember like, every goal was just yeah within six feet of the net. Yeah. You got it there. You know what? Playoffs. You gotta you gotta own the front of the net, both nets, mm. and uh, we did a good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. The style of, I'll admit, I didn't watch too many of the games this year, but what kind of team do you have this year? Is it speed? Is it grit? Is it? You know what? It's funny. We can, I think we can play any style. Like, uh, so sure series in round one was very chippy, very physical. And, you know, I thought we handled that very well. And then, you know, even the Cape West series, you know, they played very hard, very physical. The, the Picto series was a little more wide open, um, yeah, I you know I think we got a real good combination of grit and skill, mm. and we're you know we're able to play any type of game really. Me personally, I mean, if if I had to choose, like, you know, I I think we can play wide open, and you know we like to push the pace and things like that, and stretch the ice. But uh, again, you know, we if we have to play a, a game where we need to win two one or three two, we can we can do that too. Having a team that knows how to adapt to a game must be a a, a nice luxury you have. Yeah. Rather than a one-dimensional team. Yeah, we uh, we've got some really intelligent kids. Uh, Do you? Yeah. So it's 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 good. I mean, when you when you need to make an adjustment, they understand and they can go implement it. So it's good. I remember Major Midget was the excuse me U eighteen. Now Major Midget was one I played. I remember Major Midget was the first time where you could act, or at least at least I understood um, switching up a style of game. Yeah. I, I, my whole, you know, Bantam, younger, whenever I didn't play midget, it was just skill, skill, skill. But then Kirk always implemented, okay, no, if we're up 4-1, it's more about maintain, maintain, maintain. It's where I really, even Pete and Bantam AAA taught me a little bit about this. But I always remember how to manage a game a little bit better with a couple coaches rather than just go, 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 score, score, score. Yeah. And it's a, it's a cool part of a kid's journey in hockey to know how to actually maintain a game rather than play it. Yeah. Um, but I, I always remember if, you could, if, if it was taught well, it made the game a little bit more interesting. Oh yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, just doing the right things to close out games, I think, yeah, is important. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, just you know, protecting the puck and making smart plays with it below the goal line, the offensive zone. Just yeah, I mean, little things to you call it win championships, I guess. Yeah, is that yeah. easy to translate in today's game to these kids? Uh, I mean, the majority. You always have one or two that will always want to. I don't know, play cute and make the make the pretty play at the you know when yeah. it's, it's scouts in the stands. Yeah, and you just you know you just hit center ice and dump it in instead. You know you're protecting a one goal lead or something like that mm. and playing smart. Uh, but no, I mean our group was you know I go back to the third period of the clinching game like they they played just super smart. They did everything right with the puck, kept it in safe places, managed it down low. Uh, back check hard like they just it was a it was a championship period we didn't score a goal until the empty net with 0.2 seconds but we didn't give up much either so it's good yeah you're in the you're in the you're you're going to the atlantics for a reason you know yeah it's like you're doing something right or the team's doing something right as well yeah um i wanted to ask about the common question of a of a scout when they call you about these players 
excuse me, because the first time I was ever being scouted was Major Midget, and you saw the clipboard, you saw the P coats, you saw the Q logo. What's the common question when uh, when a, when a scout calls you? It differs a lot. Like a lot of scouts will call and just basically give me a name and tell me to talk about them, tell mm. me what I know. Um, some of them that you know, a lot of them that have been at the rinks a lot and have done their homework, they don't really need feedback from me on the on ice play and they just more would ask about you know how is he off the ice how is he with his family you know girlfriends you know how does you know how does he act in school how are his marks things like that so Mm -hmm. a lot of it you know a lot of it would be more just character references and how they are off the ice and Mm -hmm. are they coachable and things like that is it easy to tell at this stage of the game you said 10 years in you've been coaching there yeah is it easy to tell if a guy has a pro potential attitude just the way the guy walks into a dressing room the what the, the way the guy conducts himself on the ice or is that too young of an age to go and eh, maybe pro maybe not uh yeah maybe i mean pro is pro's I mean, pro yeah like getting to the pro level is is not easy. like getting to the major junior level is not easy so pro is just another another level altogether i mean you know i think when baron and bowers came through our dressing room we knew that they were probably going to play some level of pro at some point in time. What level didn't know, but you know, there are exceptions to the rule. Other than that, I mean, it's, it's just, it's too hard to, yeah, too hard to tell at that point. Yeah. What was it about Justin and, and Shane that you just went, Oh, okay, there's something there. Was it attitude? Was it on the ice? What, what was it? Everything? Just the way they conducted everything. themselves. I mean, Justin Barron was as low maintenance a hockey player that I think we've ever had. You know, he just, outside the exceptional talent like he just did everything right um and i mean still to today like you've never you you never hear anything about him away from the rink right like he just he does his job and he goes home um and that's it and uh, yeah i mean you combine that with just his elite skating ability and sense for the game and things like that i mean you just knew he was going to play some again some level of pro i wouldn't sit here and tell you that i thought he was going to play in the nhl because i i didn't have that answer but yeah, I mean, those two were just, yeah, next level. Is there any, you know, we stream a lot of games, so we're, we're aware of talent that's on the ice, this guy especially, but is there anyone coming up that, is there a name out there of, oh, this kid's a little special? Is there, is there anything like that coming up right now that you could put a, a thumb on? It's tough. No, and I wouldn't want a single. That's fair. That's fair. Age too. You don't want to put that kind of pressure on them. So, but let me ask you this: Is there is there kids out there? Then you don't have to say a name, but are there some kids out there? You're like, oh wow, some, some that's that's a talent right there. There's some good hockey players. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, I think they need to keep keep working at their game. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. You know, that's fair. Yeah. It's always exciting though. This part of this part of the world, some good, some great, some good hockey players coming out it makes our job a little yeah. bit more fun. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, so six o'clock flight to tomorrow night. What's the plan from now till six? So we got to practice, uh, today, four thirty down at the Scotiabank center. So we're practicing actually before the Mooseheads play the Eagles. So that'll be fun for the guys. And then, uh, we're actually going to the, the game afterwards, uh, as a group. And then, yeah, just, uh, pack your gear, check it twice. <laughs> Make sure you got your gear in Newfoundland. Cause if you don't, you might not be playing. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's it, really. Just be at the airport on time and have a good attitude. 100%. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm pumped right now for you. I just know where your headspace is at right now. Just getting to play more hockey right now, going into the summer months. It's a good feeling. It's a yeah. great feeling. No, it's uh, it's fun. You know, I like just game planning is fun. Uh, preparing is fun. And I don't know, maybe my wife's getting sick of me watching video and stuff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. Have you? Fun. 
have you watched the movie The Miracle yet this year? No. Why not? I'm not a movie guy. No? No. I'm at the rink too much and I just I'm not a TV guy. Like I don't uh my wife tries to get me into Netflix series and things. I just I won't I'm I'm I don't know. I'm more of a like I'd rather sit down and watch a baseball game than a movie. Interesting. Yeah. What are you shaking your head for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no no movies, no no t- just hockey, I just love baseball. competition, man. Yeah. I just yeah, like I'll yeah. I just yeah. Anything where there's something on the line, I'll I'd rather watch that than than a movie or something. All right, that's good. Yeah. Fair enough. Um NHL playoffs, who do you like? Oh, I mean Colorado's I mean yeah. That that'd be my my pick. I mean, I'm a Leafs fan. I don't know what's gonna happen there. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Colorado, you know, don't sleep on Carolina. I think they got some good depth, and I think those guys love playing for Brindamore. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah those probably be my two teams. I wouldn't want to get Florida in the first round. Who's Toronto matched up right with right now? Tampa, I, uh, T- Tampa or Boston? I it was the two teams that I had heard. I don't. I don't know. The West isn't set yet, is it? The West, but the East is. The the, yeah. the eight have clinched, but the matchups could change. Yeah, yeah. Playoffs this it's gonna year. It's going to be interesting. There's good teams going to be out in the first round. Some really good teams are going to be out. Say that again, sorry? Tampa versus Toronto. But that could change. It could change, but that's what stands right now. The Lightning versus the Leafs. Okay. No, the playoffs are going to be. Last year, did they have fans in the playoffs? So only the American market, Canadian market, they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. The, the playoffs this year are going to be insane with the fans. Yeah. And every team's good. Every team is. Oh, listen, there's going to be some very good teams going home in the first round. I, parody, the parody in the NHL is, is awesome. Like, I think that's one league where they've got it right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Every team is skilled. Yeah. Every team. Even if the team isn't good, at least they have skilled players on the actual team. It's, it's, it's becoming more easier to, to market to a general audience. Yeah. You know, they're the, 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 what, the zebras? You know, it's, it's, it's question, you know, it, it depends. You're going to sit here and you, you, you could be like Tortorella and, and shit on it, but, you know, it, it sells the game. What do you want me to say? Totally. It sells the game. Yeah. Um, how much time are we at right now? 45 minutes. 45 minutes right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, advice to young hockey players that want to uh, succeed in the Nova Scotia or just hockey market in general and move on from, like I said earlier, you being in the trenches and you uh, in the game every single day. A little bit of advice to, to, the, to, the, to the youth. Just put your head down and work and listen to your coaches and be a good teammate. I mean, that's it. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Uh, stay in the day and stay in the moment and, yeah, just work. All right, I like it. Yeah. Tim, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You're the man. I want to wish you the best out in uh, in Paradise, Newfoundland. Appreciate it. We'll be watching, and uh, and I hope you come back with, uh, what do you get, another trophy up there, hopefully. You can bring it back, and we'll do another episode. We'll see. Before uh, before we uh, sign off here, uh, I told Kyle with Cape Breton West, uh, there's a, a hockey mom in uh, Cape Breton named Gail Stewart, mm-hmm. and she's, uh, she's, she's in need of a stem cell donor, so... Uh, I know you guys obviously have a big platform, so anybody listening, if you could go to Instagram, join Gail's fight. Um, she's looking for a stem cell donor, so anybody that falls within the age, I'm actually too old, so apparently I'm no good. Uh, okay. But anybody that uh, is interested in joining uh, her fight and can uh, just take a take a swab, five minutes for a swab, and see if they might be a match, uh, 
would okay. be would be greatly appreciated. So, what was the name of the Instagram page? Sorry, say that. Join Gales Fight. Join Gales Fight. Okay, yeah. sounds good. We'll yeah. try to make that a clip there, and we'll put it out so we can uh, get some traction to it. Yeah, that'd awesome. Be great. Yeah, Tim. Once again, thank you very much for joining the show. I appreciate your time. I wish you the best uh, best of luck here in the next week. Thanks, man. Appreciate right. it. Everyone listening, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. Tuesday, beginning of the week. Work hard. Have fun. We're out. Peace. I am an old woman Named after my mother My old man is another Child that's grown old If dreams were lightning Thunder were desire This old house would have burnt down a long time ago Make me an angel That flies from Montgomery Make me a poster Of an old rodeo Just give me one thing That I can hold on to To believe in this living Is just a hard way Just a free rambling man But that was a long time And no matter how I try The years just flow by Like a broken down dam Make me an angel That flies from Montgomery Make me a poster Of an old Just give me one thing that I can hold on to To believe in this living is just a hard way to go There's flies in the kitchen I can hear them there buzzing And I ain't done nothing since I woke up today How the hell can a person Go to work in the morning And come home in the evening And have nothing to say Make me an angel Flies from Montgomery Make me the heart